0: Let's do this, the Cult of Hockey podcast, by the faithful and for the faithful in oil country and around the world. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce.
1: Hey, David. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing great, Bruce. I'm doing great. Uh, summer's coming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Playoffs are coming. Hopefully the others will be in them. Tonight's the first night where I'm doubting that. <laughs> Just a little bit. Not really.
1: Lost some ground
0: but, tonight. But that was a tough... That was a brutal loss in a lot of ways, Bruce. A brutal loss in a lot of ways. Four brutal goals against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, some, a tough, a really tough injury to, to Jujar Kara. And um, Tyson Berry maybe hurt, maybe not hurt. I don't think... He's that seriously hurt, it doesn't sound like it, but uh, that was a tough one, Bruce. That was brutal.
1: Hurt enough to miss the last two periods of the game, Tyson Barry, and hurt enough to miss almost the whole game, Jujar Kara after he got KO'd in a, in a fight in the in the uh, early going. Did he ever? Uh, and uh, yeah, that was a scary took a moment.
0: Punch, took a punch right in the like just near the end of the fight as he's going down. He took a punch right in the face that he didn't see coming from uh, from Richie. Which Richie is that? I, what's his uh,
1: first? That is uh, Brett Richie, and Kara was he, he'd been kind of getting man manhandled in the fight, um, which was retribution for his hit on Oliver Shillington earlier in the game. Yeah. And uh, he came, uh, uh, Richie came out to the face-off circle talk, and I said to my wife, they're going to go, just watch them off the face-off, it's going to be a fight for sure, and sure enough. And Richie was having the upper hand, and it looked like, to me like Kara was trying to throw a late punch, and as he moved forward, he just stepped right into the ah. the one, and he just took it right on, the, right on the button, and down he went, and his eyes, like on my big screen TV, it's just like his eyes were somewhere else, you know, and they
0: yeah hopefully he's not concussed it looked like he was concussed and he was kept out of the game i'm sure because of the concussion oh, yeah. protocol uh which is the right call to make oh yeah like
1: yeah, no, good that that wasn't that 15 minutes in the cold room situation that was take the rest of the night off yeah and monitor your headache in the morning kind of thing Oh, uh, they they missed barry, him Bruce. So. They, missed they missed him, him they thing. missed barry they were short they went you know 11-4 five defensemen for the last two periods and uh uh, they put out, uh, you know, a decent enough e- uh, effort, but uh, too many brain cramps and uh, uh, just a couple of too many mistakes. Not a whole lot of luck, to be frank. You know, they got uh, they got bad luck yeah. at the wrong times and uh, no calls, but uh, we'll go any further than that. One freaking power
0: play. Yeah. Yeah, and they missed Barry on that power play. Yeah, like, Nurse well, was just a little bit off. Anyways, so with his passing, like, he's just, she's just a little bit off. Okay. This is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast because this is a quite a um, disgusting defeat. Uh, we'll go with two bad things each. Bruce, what is your Calgary's good? Always bad. Th- yeah. What's your good? What is your good thing though?
1: <sighs> yeah, my good thing is Seventons comeback. They were down, uh, down, and I thought out a two nothing down, and uh, Adam Larson got them back in the game by going in deep to clean up the garbage after uh, uh, some decent pressure by the uh, reunited for part of the game line of uh, Dreisaitl, Ennis, and uh, Yamamoto. Drysidle took an outside shot, and Yamamoto and Ennis uh, got a chance in close to the net, and then Larson came in right into the basically blue paint and pounded two shots, and the second one uh, found its way in. So they made it 2-1. Uh, that didn't last long. They, Calgary got that one back about four minutes later. Um, but Edmonton fought back with a beauty goal by Josh Archibald, a uh, nice tip off of a terrific pass by Devon Shore to make it 3-2 before the end of the second. And then in the third, when after Edmonton had killed off a penalty, uh, they put together again their power line of McDavid, Dreisaitl. And uh, they clicked for a, a goal, uh, Dreisaitl, from McDavid. To temporarily tie the game in three to three, and I'm thinking this is this is all good if we, you know, just hold steady at three three. Let's consolidate the score. But the very next shift,
0: but yeah,
1: uh, happens that too a- often to this club. I, I don't. I think it happens to a lot of clubs, to be frank. You know, they yeah. they get a big lift, and then uh, they instead of just paying attention to detail, they they. Uh, stop doing that And uh, anyway we're going to talk about that in more depth in a moment
0: yeah the uh power line was reunited on that goal it was pully arvey who uh cleared the way he, he went hard to mm-hmm. the net there and yes. cleared the path for uh for leon who had just a fantastic fantastic yeah. shot <laughs> he is a just a great shooter of the puck you know we, we we track grade a chances and most players score on their grade a chances most players score about 25 one in four 25%. Uh, but Leon Dreisettle consistently is higher than that. This year he's at about 33% of his grade A shots go in. And it's just because they're they're a higher grade of shot. He just, uh, he, he makes them um, mm. with his shooting prowess that much more mm. dangerous. And he did that. That was a grade, you know, that was a, a grade B shot. It's from near the dot. Yeah. NHL yeah. goalies almost always have that. But because he's mm-hmm. such a great shot maker, he gets a goal there. What a fantastic... Uh, goal scorer not always a fantastic defender as I now and then point out uh Bruce my good thing is the play of I'm going to go with kind of the grinder kind of players tonight some of the unsung players not all, all of them were great and we'll get to that but I thought I'm going to single out Tyler Ennis Devon Shore Josh Archibald and Gaetan Haas I thought Haas was flying all night and um, he set up Archibald on that great short shorthanded chance mm-hmm. um, and, and I'll tell you what it's a it would be devastating. one place there's a two places where the Oilers can't afford to have an injury it's at center and in goal and if if Kara is out, that is a big problem uh, but gate thank goodness the Gaytan Haas is there because he can he's gonna handle some more minutes. He's a very strong. Uh, three or four C in the NHL, Bruce. Uh, his defensive play is exceptional and he can attack a bit because he's so fast. So I thought he looked good tonight. He was, he was, uh, he was just fine on the penalty kill. Devin Shore's play on the, every now and then, Bruce, mm-hmm. uh, it's more than it lightning like strikes, but every now and then mm-hmm. Devin Shore makes a, a, an absolutely Fantastic skill play that makes you mm-hmm. think he's like a top six winger, and this is one of them. He takes a very nice pass from Ethan Barr across ice. He moves in and he just threads the needle to Anis, who's charging to Archibald, who's charging the net, and um, you know just deflects it in or one times it in. Not one times it, but kind of puts it in on the first touch. Nice touch. What do they say in European soccer, bruce If they have a good first touch, the strikers in front of the front of the net. I usually they call it first touch. Yeah. Nice play, but nice touch there. First touch by Josh Archibald. Mm-hmm. Um, Archibald also did a good job on the PK. Tyler Annis, though, Bruce, he was kind of the offensive driver of the Oilers tonight. He was in on um, three grade-A chance sequences. The first one ended up on, with Larson's goal. Right. And um, he, he uh, just looking at that play, he starts off that sequence by getting a shot on net from the slot area. And um, then, then, you know, the, in the coming melee, he's less involved in that. But Yamamoto and Larson finish it off um, with two chances in tight and there's a, by Larson, and there's a goal. Then in the third period, he's the one at the end of the game who's coming close a couple times. First of all, he makes a really nice play coming out of the corner and, and shooting through a, like a triple screen. Uh, including uh, I think Puljarvi's Pugliarvi is screening the goalie he gets a he gets a very dangerous shot on net and then Puljarvi a falling Puljarvi sprawling jams the puck on net and they almost score and then in um in the very final seconds and this would have been so good if it was a goal in the very final seconds Anis makes a great move at the as he's coming in over the blue line to dodge a Flames player he puts it over to Nuge, who who very calmly sets up P- Pulleyarvey for a one-timer shot, and uh, Pulleyarvey gets off a very dangerous shot. How did you see Markstrom make that save, Bruce? He
1: did. He didn't miss. Uh, he put it. He, he fired uh, just inside the far post blocker side, and the one replay angle showed it perfect. That uh, Markstrom thrust his blocker at it, but it went under his blocker, and it caught the shaft of his stick coming out above the blocker, <sighs> and just. You know how that, the stick is held at about a 45-degree angle, and the puck just caromed him down and to the right and missed the missed the net. Like, it was a perfect shot. And a, a goalie will tell you that's part of his gear, and he made the save. But to me, a save <laughs> made with the shaft of the stick is lucky. It is lucky. And with three seconds left and a one-goal lead, it doesn't get a whole lot luckier than that.
0: But. Yeah, you've missed the puck. With, oh, with 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 what you're trying to hit it with and you've and you've blocked it so Puglio Arvi is one of the uh, Oiler forwards who has who who doesn't cash in cashes in on a lower amount of his grade A chances this year at mm-hmm. least and it could be just bad puck luck and certainly miss. that's a case of bad puck luck good slash good goaltending and uh, mm-hmm. it would have been great to see him score he's he's been playing quite strong two way hockey I think he's 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 holding up his end of it. Since he's been moved off uh, McDavid's line, he's playing. He's still playing strong hockey. So, but he's got to. They got to get some points, Bruce. Puljuarvi and RNH's even strength scoring this year is not brutal. is is brutal. Did you say brutal? Yeah. No, yeah, I did. It's brutal. It's brutal. They're not scoring enough. They're not getting enough points. And at some point, it's like, come on, guys. Like it's not just.
1: Well, they've been t- playing with McDavid, right? It's not like they're playing on the on the on the line with uh, with Haas, right? I mean, they're playing with McDavid a lot.
0: Nugent's got to start hitting the net, perhaps. That might help. <laughs> um, he had a bad I said
1: four words when he, when he had that. They had the power play, and they had like four misses in a row, and his was like right between the hash marks, clear look, bang, off the backboards. And I said, hit the net, but I also added another adjective in there.
0: There was one right near the end of the game, too, was there not, if I recall correctly, and McDavid had yeah. one
1: right then, too. Yeah, McDavid, and the puck fluttered on him, and he, and he shot it over the crossbar. And, then, again, that's one of those sort of tiny uh, puck luck in the moment kind of things. Like It looked like he had full control, and then the puck just did a pirouette and a backflip, and he didn't get anything on his shot.
0: So, Bruce, let's move on to our bad things which really are the story of the game and we're going to for for the four bad things we're going to go through each goal in turn started off with the first goal against Bruce what happened what happened
1: oh uh, yeah a couple a couple things happened uh, the Oilers actually did make a defensive stop but in the process uh, uh, Ethan Bear went into the boards behind the net with uh, Lindholm on one of the Flames anyway back then maybe and uh, uh his There was skate-on-skate skate contact, and the guard on the back of the, sort of the Achilles guard on the back of Bear's skate got knocked loose. Now, I didn't notice this at the time, but uh, Dave Tippett, in the post-game show, went to Bear's defense and just said there was some bad luck there. His skate broke. Well, it wasn't like his blade broke, like sometimes you see the guy crawling to the bench because his blades come out. It wasn't one of those. He was actually skating. He made a good turn and a good outlet pass, and then he looked back, and he flexed his leg, and he kind of glided to the bench while the seemingly safe counterattack went up the left-wing penalty box side uh, with Connor McDavid in full control. And uh, no communication was had that uh, there was nobody behind him. And Darnell Nurse was part of the rush, so there was nobody else behind him. So Bearer, to me, as the last guy back, his normal job, and I mean, we'll, we'll give him some leeway for the skate issue, but his normal job as, as the last guy, defenseman, is to make sure that puck gets into the zone or goes in such a place that you know you got two seconds before the other team can do anything with it. And he thought, with I'm assuming, with McDavid in control, that it would be a quick change and his new guy could come up and join the attack. Well, McDavid got checked right in center ice one quick pass the other way and it's a breakaway, bang, in the net through a guessing Mike Smith, who spent a lot of this game guessing and guessing wrong as he did on that play where he moved first and then the shot went right through him because he, he basically moved out of the way of it. So that was a combination of things. I mean, freak play with the skate, a McDavid turnover which you don't usually see in full control and then the lack of a say, bam, one nothing. And this was after an exceedingly tight first period where we recorded, I think for the first time ever, David, no grade A scoring chances for either team the entire period. Has that ever happened before? No,
0: it well it was a fairly fast paced period. Yeah, they were was, skating. They were flying, yeah, yeah, but there was there was, there argue, was not there one was no scoring chances.
1: not one grade A chance. Well shots were only five to four, like it was they were just yeah. bottling each other up, but Mostly outside the danger zones.
0: There, so, there was something wrong with Bear's skate, Bruce, but he mm-hmm. was able to turn the corner and wheel up ice pretty good there. Like mm-hmm. his skate wasn't at a hundred percent. There was something in his yeah. ankle guard or right. whatever it was. Something flew off, but he mm-hmm. he, he could still skate. And um, so yeah, he was he, he he needed to read the play. He needed to read that play a little bit better. And McDavid, you know, he cut into the middle of the ice. And gave away the puck. He didn't make yeah. the safe play. Um, he is Connor McDavid, and um, you know, I'll take that for. He's going to do that now and then. And he would fully expect there's going to be a player backing him up anyway. Yes. So, so, so the risk is in that context. He doesn't know what's going on with Ethan Bear, so it's just a really unfortunate play.
1: I'd like to hear some actual talking. I'd like to hear get it deep, get it deep, because you know there's a there's an issue you yeah. don't necessarily need to be specific you just something's going on let, let's do let's do the same thing and, and the lack of that communication very possibly cost them a goal so that, and that's been a criticism of the orders in the past that they don't talk enough out on the ice and these empty arenas you can hear it when they talk and nobody said anything there
0: so. yeah they should bring mike Shashevsky of duke in as the assistant coach for a while i guess from day one in practice you know probably the best college basketball coach in the United States uh, for some time. Um, I don't follow it that closely anymore, but I, he's, he's had a pretty good record. Uh, yes. in the And what he teaches in practice from day one is talk to each other, talk to each mm-hmm. other, talk to each other, talk, talk, talk. Yeah. Bruce. Yeah. Um, so I got the second goal against. Okay. And um, this play is a really it's it's it becomes a four on three. Uh, Where Darnell Nurse fails to cut out the pass to the slot. So that's the first mistake. You know, Darnell Nurse, um, I think, should make that play. If he wants to be, and he he, he can be a true number one defenseman, like right up there, one of the best demons in the league, you don't let that pass through. You get get your stick on that puck and you stop it. So there's the first mistake. but that happens to every defenseman in the NHL. It even happened to Chris Pronger. You know, I was thinking, would Chris Pronger make that play? Almost assuredly. But now and then, that would happen to Chris Pronger. Um, but the other, the reason that the shooter is so wide open is Gaetan Haas has taken his man. Ethan Bear makes, actually, a very good play on his man. He lifts his stick and prevents the shot. And that's probably who the pass was, too, I think. Right. But it's the the, the late trailing man, the fourth man in the rush, who gets it. And why is he wide open? Because James Neal and Alex Chason are way back. Now, Ch- Chason seemed to kind of blow um, blow a tire in the offensive end. Like, he, he he wiped out a little bit, and he was slow on the back check because of that. And, and because of that, he was never going to catch up, I don't think, because the no. play was so far. But Neal, if he had gotten on his horse and recognized the danger, he could have got back and um, probably been on that man. So you know, they're both to blame for that weak back check. But I'm going to say Neil's more to blame. And it it was the kind of mental mistake slash lack of concentration intensity that was the hallmark of the Edmonton Oilers in this particular game.
1: Yeah, oh, on. I mean, he, he went in and he actually challenged Markstrom. He, he tried to check the puck off of Markstrom when he passed in the corner. And then he turned, he went into the corner, tried to stop the breakout pass there. And as you say, he, he, he went down in that attempt, and he got back up, and by the time he did, the play was gone. So in that situation, you know, the, the, each of the forwards has a responsibility. F1 being the closest guy to his own net, Gaetan Haas, he picked up his man. F2 being James Neal, in the middle of the ice, coasting back, is able to see a rush where a Calgary defenseman has joined the rush. In fact, he's the guy with the puck. Is a defenseman And the three forwards are going And the orders have a center And two defensemen And no wingers back And Neil's a winger Hey, James Get on your horse, man Get,
0: get on your on horse.
1: horse And he didn't And as a result The guy who scored There was nobody even attempting To check that guy All right,
0: Bruce What's your second bad thing? The third goal
1: against <sighs> yeah Well, this is oh, the one I'm where <laughs> Yeah they, they flicked the puck in into the shooting in the corner, and uh, Mike Smith came out of the net, tried to field it before it got to the goal line. A play he makes frequently, where he'll go and he'll cut the pass off before it before it gets into the no go zone in the trapezoid. And as he went out to play it, his two defensemen Lagesson and Larson peeled off like they do, expecting the pass from Smith. Well except for the puck bounced over the crook of Smith's stick, so he wasn't able to control it and went into the into the trapezoid, where Smith was himself a little bit slow in realizing it wasn't coming back out of there. So he had no, you know, his only play was either to play it and take the penalty or skedaddle back to the net. And he kind of did neither for a for a uh, crucial, let's call it split second, more like a full second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where he's doing nothing. And unfortunately, his defenseman uh, and also uh, possibly the center, Nugent Hopkins, uh, they were expecting the pass from Smith. But what they didn't do was identify that when the puck got by him, he could no longer play it. And they had to, instead of waiting for a pass that was never going to come, they had to had to get on their defensive. And Lagason was over by the sideboards, and he... He just didn't read it fast enough. And by the time he got back, he was beaten by the pass. And, the, and of course, the perfect pass by Milan Lucic and a perfect shot into the top corner. And uh, Calgary executed on Edmonton's mistake or mistakes. It's a game of mistakes. Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, Smith being unable to field the puck was the first mistake, but the uh, Oilers players not reading the trapezoid emergency uh, was a big part of the breakdown there.
0: Yeah, the puck is round, the ice is slippery. It's a lot of luck and a lot of, it's a game of mistakes, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I did. I originally didn't uh, think Logason was to blame, but, you know, he did allow the pass out. He, he If he had been just a little sharper, he would have made mm-hmm. that play. So uh, we, we in the end settled on uh, tagging him on that one as well. You know, Bruce, earlier today, and I honestly had this thought, I was thinking, um, you know, Smith hasn't made that, gaffe you know that causes a goal against all year and i was thinking how remarkable that is because he probably made three or four last year and i remember brian burke saying who i, I don't know if uh, burke ever had uh smith or not as a player but he he said um smith usually makes about six of those a year where he and uh, that's what he said last year so i was kind of waiting for the six to happen and we got close right. to that as the year went on including one in the first game of the playoffs yeah, but um so. There had not been one this year. It was going to come, and and I would say, uh, like it's like McDavid's turnover at center ice. I'm going to accept that from Michael Mike Smith because that is such his puck moving is such a big part of his game, and it is so effective usually. And he usually makes that play, and mm-hmm. he just he just it he just misread it or got took a bounce or whatever, and he and he didn't stop it before it went into the uh, the. The neutral zone, or what's it called there—the no-go zone for goalies. Yeah, so the
1: trapezoid. <sighs> I'm not sure if the trapezoid is the little part behind the net where they can play it. Or if there's a trapezoid in each corner, I don't know the hell. I guess it's the one behind the net that they're allowed to play it, and then the no-go yeah. zones in the corner. But yeah, he just didn't. I think he thought the puck might bounce back out for him. It took him a, just a little bit too long to realize. Nope, I got to get back to the crease, and before he could get there puck was in the top corner
0: yep all right bruce my
1: second bad thing
0: is the fourth goal against and this was just this was by far the most horrible moment in the game this is why we call the goals against the sequence uh, the sequence of pain Mm-hmm. the owners had just battled back and tied this game and it was really a remarkable comeback you know when they're starting now you're playing this is you're playing you're in Bettman loser point territory if you can get to the finish line you know you've come back you're going to get at least one point it's a it's it's something out of this game which which you were going to get nothing out of you know you've come back from two goals down that's a remarkable thing and what do they do bruce this play had me so mad at ethan Bear. Like, honestly, I, I would just in the in the moment, I just think like you send him to the press box next game and play Evan Bouchard. That was my thought, because this is a play that if Evan Bouchard made, he would be in the press box for a month. You can you, there's an argument on the first goal against with the bad line change. You know, mm-hmm. I can I, I'll hear that out. And yeah, that makes yeah. some sense. Bruce, this play is you can't have it. It's just he He goes for the puck in the neutral zone he he misreads it, and an odd man rush results. It's just like you can't in that in that moment of the game there's no reason to be forcing the play in the neutral zone when it's an if when when you when possession isn't certain you don't know what's gonna happen if you're doing that they're coming up they're rushing hard, and there's lots of guys coming at you and he Makes the misread two on one. Nugent Hopkins, you know, a tough play for Nugent Hopkins. Maybe he should have, if he was a defenseman, he'd be a little up closer to the defenseman. And but he screens the goalie in the end and it goes in. So,
1: yeah, was it really, was a, we called it a bad pinch, eh? But yeah, I mean, it wasn't even a pinch like he came up to center to cut the guy off and then he didn't even like make contact with the guy or anything. He just got beat about three feet from the puck and. He was out of the play and it was a wide open 3 on 2 and, and uh, Calgary made the pass to the trailer wide open in the slot and, uh, and Smith guessed again and opened up a hole and the puck went right through close to his body. And so I didn't like that from the goalie's perspective either and, and of course he may well have been screened by Nugent Hopkins, he gave a little bit of a stink eye after the goal the Calgary announcers were saying. I don't know yeah. if that's what happened. I don't either. Kelly already anyway,
0: said that. He just, he you could hear what he yelled. He yelled the F word loudly. Yeah. And uh, and I don't even know if he was yelling it at Nooch. He he just, maybe he was mad at himself. You're right. Like if he feels, if he felt he should have yeah. had it,
1: he might have been mad, mad at himself. He's mad every time a goal goes in. You hear that a lot right after the goal goes in. <laughs> Yes. that's right so I just thought oh, I don't think him. he's necessarily there wasn't a few nuge you know I mean
0: <laughs> yeah so Kelly Harudi in case you weren't watching the game Kelly, reading Harudi between said, the lines. Yeah, Kelly Harudi the Flames centric announcer said uh, yeah Mike Smith stared down, the... stared down stared down Nugent Hopkins And I don't know if I like that kind of thing well I don't know if you saw that kind of thing actually because uh, it, it may not have yeah. been that we can't be sure of that he wasn't stoic. He didn't, you know, he wasn't like Vlad Treczak, you know, after a goal against. But he, he what was he yelling at Nuge? I don't think so.
1: Maybe. Well I think he was just cursing. The, he knew it was a big goal, and it was. It was the game winner. And oh. it did go through him. I got to say, it went through him. Yeah. So it was not Mike Smith's finest hour of the 2021 season tonight. And he'll be among several Oilers that receive a Relatively poor grade.
0: All right, Bruce. Let's go to our numbers. What's your number?
1: Oh heck, what is my number? Oh, uh, yeah. I guess it's related to that. Eight fifty-two. That was Smith's save percentage in this game. Twenty-seven shots, four goals. And when you face under thirty shots, you you know you got to hold them to three. Got to. Um, Yeah. He was uh, had sixes and sevens on. uh, Various goals throughout the game. He made some good saves. He made a great save off of a Milan Lucic-tipped shot. Yeah. Um, that was, a, that was uh, maybe the best stop he made all night. Um, but not enough of them and too many, you know, just sort of loose positioning. That um, Kevin Woodley last week, when he talked about Smith's game, he talked about how he's doing head first and then limb last. And he said his, his, his problem is when he starts... Going limbs first, right? He's all akimbo, trying to make a a save with one of his extremities. And tonight, that's what he was doing. He was opening up and guessing, and he'd open up first. They'd shoot second, find the hole third. You know, if you
0: were a Mike Smith, um, like sometimes people will say, well, they were all really good shots that went in, and and yes, they are really Felt good shots. Holes. But the po- the points that we make, we point we make is, NHL goalies stop three out of four grade A chances against. Mm-hmm. They stopped, and and the Cal- Calgary only had the Calgary had eleven, and they scored on four of them. So that's not that's not, uh, not the percentage that three, you need if you're going to win a game. Yeah. That's as simple as that. So yeah, he, they were all good shots, but you got to have you got to have three out of four of those at least uh, in the NHL to win. Bruce, my number is uh, you know there, there's a lot of discussion about which defensemen should play and shouldn't play. And, um, you know, there's some people who are outraged every time Caleb Jones is out of the lineup and Chris Russell's in. And, um, you know, wondering why Evan Bouchard's not in and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I can, I'm just going to, from what I see, you know, from what we're doing, looking at the scoring chances against, the people who are leaking scoring chances against, um, you know, Ethan Baer had a pretty rough night tonight. Caleb Jones and Tyson Berry, leak more scoring chances against than any other orders defenseman right now. If you don't think Caleb Jones should be in the lineup, or should be in the lineup, I'm going to suggest just go over and watch him on scoring chance plays. Just review them. Might take you some time, but review them. And you'll see, in the, especially in the last little while, he just leaks chances against at a higher rate than any yeah. other Oilers defenseman. Yeah, they're, I mean, all, or,
1: they're all online. I mean, we record and we provide links to them, or we certainly will provide a link to them, if uh, if you want them, uh, and uh, it, you just search for the number of the player you want to uh, examine. And I mean, if it's uh, I mean, obviously, if it's Caleb Jones, you just search number 82, and it'll show you fours and against, and uh, uh, the timestamp of when the play happens, So if you have the game on video and you want to audit us, by all means, and by, you know, welcome your feedback. I mean. We're, uh, it's not all ones and zeros, David. There's a lot of sort of 0.6 versus 0.4 kind of decisions where you're going, well, I sort of made a little mistake, but was it, you know, was it major enough to ding him or what? But uh, he's had some, uh, uh, he's had some uh, major issues at times.
0: Yeah, and this is why we, we make it transparent and have two people doing it in case, you know, anyone wants to review the work. And, and uh, we try to, you know, cut, you know, cut down on the, the mistakes that we make. With that yeah, process. Yeah, anyway, we, my number. We make
1: errors of our own, too.
0: <laughs> we, we make errors of our own. And it's good to have two people because you catch some of them. So Jones and Bear, uh, Barry are making per game, Bruce, like a, a, a defenseman who's doing his job is going to make one major mistake on a scoring chance per game on average if you're doing your job. The Oilers have a number of defensemen who are right around that. Larson and Loggison are at 0.9 mm-hmm. mistakes per game at even strength. Um, Chris Russell's at 1.1. Darnell Nurse is at 1.3. And he plays the toughest minutes, so you, right. you'd expect him to make a bit more. Evan Bouchard's at 1.2. But there's three defensemen who are who have pretty high numbers, and that's Jones and Barry at 1.8 per game and Ethan Bear at 1.7 per game. So let's let's say Ethan Bear gets benched after this game, which I think is a possibility. Maybe, maybe not. But based on that last goal against, Depends he might Barry. have been, yeah, it depends on Tyson Berry. Mm-hmm. But if he gets better, like if there's howling that's going on, well, I just, I, I think people should consider that. This is what the coaches are, this is what the coaches are seeing. They're digging into the game, they're watching the video, they're looking at this stuff, they're seeing these things. And they're they're noticing a high number of mistakes from these players. So, um, you know, they obviously think Barry's offense makes up for what he gives up on defense. And it's true that, you know, from our system, he he does make more uh, good plays on scoring chances than any other orders defenseman. Jones is close, you know, Jones and Barry are they're 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 close in both categories, both contributions for and mistakes against.
1: Mm.
0: But um yeah, my there there is this tendency from these three players right now to have some trouble in their own end and um, tonight it costs the orders at other nights it's been Barry, other nights it's been Jones.
1: Well. Yeah, well, Bear was on the ice for three goals against, so and two four. Like he had a high event game, but unfortunately, yeah. more bad events than good ones. Uh, and I'll just to clarify to listeners who are saying, well, Darnell Nurse, one point two major errors per game when a guy's playing thirty minutes like he did tonight, that's not so bad. But we're actually defining uh, in that context, the game is fifteen minutes worth ice time, which is a typical game for for a uh, for an NHL player. Roughly, yes. at even strength. So if he plays 30 minutes, well, he's basically played two games, and you can expect twice as many errors. But we, we prorated out to errors per 15 minutes of ice time at 5-on-5. Five five.
0: So it'll be interesting to see. We'll have to see the injury situation before we can speculate on what lineup changes might happen, if, if Barry is, is hurt or not. I mean, it is time for Evan Bouchard to get back in the lineup, I think. And yeah. um, so if Barry's hurt, that, that'll... that'll um, That'll solve yeah. it, but I wouldn't be taking out at this point Logison or Chris Russell
1: personally. I thought Russell, Russell was good tonight.
0: He was really good. He he was the one defenseman. He didn't make any mistakes on a scoring chance against. He was,
1: I think, the he made, only one he made a few stops too. Not just you know, not just he didn't make any mistakes, but he cut out some plays and made some uh, uh, made made some defensive stops. And that's one thing our system doesn't really credit. We're, we're looking at the ones that do get through as opposed to the ones that don't. So, I mean, Leon Dreisettle, for instance, you, you mentioned he had some issues on defense. He also made an absolutely fantastic defensive play to take away a great scoring chance by Calgary. And so it just doesn't show up as a scoring chance. So it's more likely to get forgotten. But guys who can break cycles or, you know, make defensive stops and, and, and you know, put an end to the problem. Uh, That has extra value, and that's essentially outside the scope of our project.
0: Larson made a play like that tonight, too. There, I think, in the Mm -hmm. maybe the third period, there was a three on two or something close to that, and he he picked off the pass as it was coming open. You're right. And I've often thought that, like, that you know, in soccer, I think they in European football they do count that, I think they call it a ball one, and everything. And uh, I'm sure NHL teams count things like that, like the like the high level the high level of analytics that they use, where they dig into the individual plays of individual players. That kind of thing is tracked by mm-hmm. by many NHL teams. Um, so you know the pucks won uh, maybe in the defensive zone, or you know uh, might be something that they track, which would be a good thing to track. We only have so much time, so we we track what we track. Other people. No. I I would encourage other people to track other things. I think it's great when people take on projects of their own and track that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, when analytics was first getting going, there was a lot of sort of different projects, people looking at different things. I mean, one year I did an entire project on zone exits, and uh, other people were working on zone entries or or, uh, um, uh, different uh, aspects to making you know plays and you know assists on passes on on uh, uh, on on gaining the zone that sort of thing and uh, over time some of those projects coalesce and some people have a pretty good sort of overarching view of uh, of different pieces that happen in the game and we uh, we're we're, we're look- I think probably the most important chunk I mean I think it is really important scoring chances in terms of defining how a game goes but uh, it's only a chunk it doesn't doesn't uh, purport to be everything for sure
0: yeah and that's the game grades you know in in theory the game grades cover it all right like um, mm-hmm. Try um to. In, a, in a highly subjective manner of course mm-hmm. but you know we're trying to, to track all those things during the game and write them down and and track it right. all righty bruce so they play uh, uh two games two game oh man two tough games in a row don't they coming up here
1: Calgary Wednesday Winnipeg Thursday so they, they got to come to home and play Winnipeg the next day and so far you know after winning 7-1 and 6-2 they've lost two 1-goal games in a row in regulation so they've had four points from those four games that they've outscored the other team by eight goals and uh, it's um Bit of a bit of a downer time, especially tonight when you look at the out of town scoreboard and you see Vancouver one, Montreal one, of course Calgary one. Those are all teams that are nipping at the Oilers' heels, and they're all nipping a little closer right now than they were this morning.
0: When do we play the Senators again?
1: Not for a <laughs> long time. There's only two left, so
0: yeah. All right, Bruce. Let's leave it there. You got a lot of work okay. to do, so. Um, yep. Thanks, thanks for talking
1: to me. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for listening, everyone.
0: And in the meantime, and in between time, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.